to the city, baby. When you see us, so you know you really viewing greatness in the making. Double up on facts, we stating. Podcasting, cruise control, city, state, the nation. So what you saying, what we saying, prime information. Facts, keys to the city, we unlocking the statements. Streaming every Friday. And ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Clovercrest Media presents Keys to the City. We are streaming on all social media platforms at Keys to the City. Subscribe, comment, like, share. As if this year could give us any more surprises and unexpected events. Let's just give a, a quick recap of what's going on in the sports world. We just had Mike Tyson fight last night for the first time in over 16 years. The San Francisco 49ers, stop touching the damn computer. God, it's okay. I still look better. The Denver Broncos were one quarterback away from calling John Elway to come out of retirement. The San Francisco 49ers, like I said, don't have home games, and they better start finding a new home venue. As And let's bring in Joseph McGuire because that's how we're going to start off with. Yeah, let's get ready. Let's just get right into it. We have a possible Super Bowl preview matchup we're going to talk about. And then can the New York Giants be in first place? 60 minutes away from being in first place since the last time I can't remember. I love it, Joe. I was the first, I think the last time they were in first place, I was going to my first college. So it's been that long. I can't remember the last That's time. Really and then yeah, that a boy type. Good for you. I don't well, know how many colleges you went to, but it's definitely been well, a long I went, time. I went to Lincoln, I went to Southern, and then I graduated from CSB. So I counted as three schools. All completed, too. Well, you can thank Joe for that one. Yeah, thanks, Joe. Because he liked it. He actually liked them. Thanks for the passing grades. Yeah, thanks for the passing grades. Absolutely so, great. We're going to start off on a serious note because we've been talking about it. It's been going on since March. And now we're really starting to see, because of this second the rise again of COVID, the second wave of COVID-19. And now it's starting to affect the league. The Baltimore Ravens were supposed to play on Thursday. They're not playing until Tuesday, and yet they still have more positive tests to go around. They said the game's Lamar still on. Jackson, the game is still on. Lamar Jackson, Mark Andrews is out for that game as well now with COVID. So good luck to the Baltimore Ravens. Are the two running backs playing? Or I have no idea. Actually, it's it's no, still, sorry, excuse me. They are both out. I have um, no idea. Justice Hill from Oklahoma State, yes. and who's the other one that they have? Gus uh, Edwards Gus will be their starting runner. Another one is, like I said, the San Francisco 49ers now have to go find a new home venue for at least the rest of the season because, well, they're not allowed in there for the next couple weeks because of county rules as they have been incorporating new things each and every day with COVID. And now, like I just said, we were one quarterback shy of seeing maybe John Elway come out of retirement to start today against the New Orleans Saints. So now we're talking about it. We knew this was going to happen. This was only going to be the inevitable. We kept saying it. Football's still going on, but football is taking a major hit. We still have basketball. College basketball has been taking a hit. College football. Joe, you see this, and I've asked this many of times when it first started, the beginning of the season. Do you see the NFL? I know Ted's going to say yes, but do you see the NFL finishing up? And if not, or do they have any secondary plans? And if they do, what are those plans? Do you, would you consider, I mean, being realistic for these for all these teams? So here, a couple things I want to hit first. Number one is because of the holidays, obviously people are going to get together. There's going to be uh, more positive tests. And again, in a lot of cases, asymptomatic. Um, 
people aren't going to be really going to uh, the, the hospital right now so or get tested for that matter. So it's we're going to see a dip uh, in numbers and positive tests probably through the end of the year, even though uh, the CDC says they're still underreporting uh, by about 10 times the actual number. They think it's about 53 million. I think looking at the NFL is a good barometer and in sports in general is a good barometer of what is actually happening on the ground. This is where people are trying to do what they've always done, but implementing safety precautions. Mm -hmm. You still see people without masks. You're still seeing that sort of thing going on. Uh, Dan Mullins wasn't wearing a mask uh, yesterday when he screamed at his defensive coordinator. You know, those those sorts of things need to be punished and stopped or you are going to have an issue. It takes one person to do something stupid to be in a, a locker room of 53, throw in another 30 people. And now you've got a whole bunch of people infected. So I'm telling you right now, if the NFL is going to pull this off, they have to tighten up social distancing, wearing masks. They've got to take it next level. You're seeing it out every single week, multiple games. College football is is being ravaged right now. Yeah. And, and, you know, that that's a sport where and it's playing getting games is really important. I'm an Ohio State fan. I don't know if Ohio State's going to get into the college football playoff just because, and even Cincinnati as well. These teams might get screwed. Cincinnati they very have eight games. Okay. Oh, well, they're going to miss. They missed the Ohio last State. Only has I'm four. just saying, these guys, all these teams that are fine to get into college football playoff. I know we're talking college that, football. Wait, you, are you looking at? The is that true? I mean, unless that's on Twitter or something. I mean. Listen, I mean, didn't Schefter joke unless Elway comes out? <laughs> that's what I'm saying. That's what I was saying. I thought we were one quarterback away from having John Elway. But, like, you see a team like Ohio State who just got their game canceled again, they might get screwed because, realistically, they don't have enough games. And you know the college football committee always looks at resume. Hard and to feel bad for OSU, but I, I, I hear what you're saying. So Thanks, Joe. So, Joe, to, so to go off of what you were building on before was two things. One, you saw the NFL had implemented a stricter COVID uh, procedure last week, which means is if you are not on the field and you come it off the field, mass has to be on, yes. player, coach, personnel. So that's one little way of up in the ante. Other thing is fines. I don't know if you saw this morning, but the Saints were uh, docked 500K and loss of a seventh-round draft pick because of COVID protocols broke through after they beat the Tampa Bay Bucks that players were celebrating on the field with the win with no mask on. And then supposedly, listen, we know social media is great, but social media gets you in trouble. If you Kids, if you're watching, don't post things on social media. That will get you in trouble, you idiots. So the Saints players, you know, they win, they dance in the locker room. Players and the coach didn't have – Sean Payton, they didn't have a mask on. Now, you don't think about that when you're in the locker room because you just played the game. You're like, oh, wait, why do I have to wear the mask when we just all played together? But – in that sense, you're kind of ratting yourself out. So the Saints were docked right there. Patriots, I was actually a little shocked, just got hit for a $350,000 fine oh, for COVID protocol broken. That was on the ESPN. Just go to the ESPN app. You'll Good see it right for there. The patch. Good thing for the patch. They keep a, a petty cash fund for fines, so yeah. they'll just pull it out of there. Yeah, absolutely. It's out of the massage parlor. That's the tip drawer. But with that being said, Trev asked me, I said, I told Trev, I was like, before we do the show, I said, if you asked me today, what were my three big storylines? I said, as much as I don't want to talk about this, because I don't. I because wanna, it's everywhere. I want to talk about sports. This is like, you but know, every, like, you know how in the saying. beginning of the year we, we, we were talking like sports and politics and we used to talk about the Kaepernick thing. And I'm like, I really don't want to talk about that. 
because they shouldn't go hand in hand. And you're like, well, Ted, they do a little bit. But this is much more cohesive with the sense of it goes with sports because it's affecting sports. We're seeing games change, players. I mean, you look at the Broncos game in itself, that they don't have a realistic quarterback to play the game. They They have a receiver. That's going to be their starting quarterback today, who has thrown a touchdown pass a lot. You told me this last more time. recently than Taysom Hill, and their backup quarterback is the running back Royce Freeman, who played for Oregon. Yes, so that just this shows you know what where was stated. But when I say that, I say this: football's still going on, and when I say you know like they're not forfeiting the game, the game is still being played. So that's why I think NFL will continue to find a way to continue. I'm almost surprised they didn't forfeit the Saints and the Broncos game just because of that fact that they're literally down to a practice squad QB. I don't think the practice squad receiver, I I don't think the league wants to set that type of precedent where a team forfeits. Because, Joe, I'm only 33 years old, but I can't remember a team ever having to forfeit a game for any reason. Did you see what Jason said? Rob Calabrese was the coach, but they are now starting the practice squad, Kendall Hinton. From Vanderbilt, I believe he was from Vandy, but it's yeah, just crazy. three-year three-year starter, if I'm not mistaken, at quarterback. I mean, so they, the, he knows what to do. This is this is the reality. This is what we are in right now, and you knew that this was going to have another big spike because it was it's the winter time and the holiday time. It, it's just this is what's going to happen. We can only try to do our best to prevent it by wearing a mask and doing the best we can, just being smart. And you're seeing these players. And this is why people get mad at athletes because they just think they can do whatever they want at times because they're athletes. They get paid millions of dollars. Why? Normal I, people do whatever I know, they want. But, I know, but athletes but, are put on a different pedestal in our society now. Yes. And you could see it just – literally, it just had a major impact on our election of how big it was. That's how much athletes have, have almost to say now. And when you see something like this, they have all to say, but then they're not wearing masks and stuff. It's like, well, if they can't – it's just a, they got to show the right message. They got to show these younger kids and people in general what to do and the right thing. And you're hurting your team and you're hurting yourself what? because you're the ones that are getting sick. And guess what? You don't get to play. So right. take care of yourselves and be smarter. That's what it is. Or you're not going to play. Listen, I don't I, know if, if, the player, if players came out and said, hey, everyone wear your mask. Everyone was just automatically going to listen to them. I know where your concept is. You know is. what? It, it would help if they said it and then they did it themselves. My, I, 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 listen, I had to send um, – I sent my seven-year-old autistic daughter back to school because the distance learning wasn't working for her, and she loves wearing a mask, and she only takes it off when she eats or drinks. Uh, and she'll tell you that every time she does it, uh, that's the only time to take off your mask and that's the way to do it, you know? Uh, but, but people, people need to lead by example, players, coaches, you're going to be on national, you're going to be on national television in front of the entire country and little kids watching and you don't have your mask on. You're, you're, you're setting a poor example. I mean, you're you're already you've already got the luxury of doing something most people would love to do on a regular day, let alone people locked in their homes for months on end. Lead by example. You're 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 being given the privilege of playing this sport for it's a in, lot of money. A lot of people are making a leave our houses because you know you just you can't and you can't do this, and you're being able to live a normal life and play football. Yeah, right. Uh, you know, everyone else is 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 sort of sitting by the wayside. You know. 
The NFL is starting to become one of the biggest spreaders of COVID in the country. So, I mean, at, at some point, you know, it is the benefit of games on, on Thursday and Sunday and Monday and Tuesday now. Like uh, it. It, it, is, is, it, is, it, is it in the country's? Is it in the country's best interest for this to continue, for college football to continue, if they're just going to cross country uh, and just spread this into more places? Because if that's what's going to happen, then uh, ultimately it, it'll be a losing endeavor for the NFL. So everybody's got to do it right at home so that when you go elsewhere, everybody's in good shape. But, but they, they, they got to really start taking it seriously. Putting protocols in is great. But people have to follow it. Yeah, you got you, exactly. You, you could set all, no difference than rules and laws that we have in normal life. You know they have stop signs for a reason. They have red and green lights where you know you stop or you go still through. Doesn't stop people. No, of course people not. Still, it still doesn't. Stop. Like when someone ran through a red light like two weeks ago or three weeks ago, Joe, and hit me in a green light and hit and run. I didn't it's tell you. That. I didn't tell you. I was leaving. I got been, out of work at twelve o'clock. It's been that type of year. And I mean, I'll just tell you. So the left light goes an arrow first, right? So they get the green light to go left. Then the green light on the other side so the people across from me can go green. So I'm waiting there for at least 10 to 15 seconds. Now I get the green light and I go and I proceed through the green light. Now, of course, I'm the first idiot that goes through the green light, you know, because I'm ready to go home. And someone from a major intersection goes right through the red light and swipes me in my car and then takes off. It's just it's just been that type of year. So, I, you know, people don't follow rules and laws because, you know, that's not what people are doing. You know, people don't want to follow rules and laws no more. And it's not going to matter who's the president or who's in charge. It's up to you as the individual to do the right thing. Just do the right thing. Follow but, the rules. And if you want to have a full season, because we still have six weeks left, and it seems like that's an eternity, they better start doing the right thing. Just do the right thing and send the right message. Lead by example, Joe, as Joe, you said. And the only thing I'll kick off, finish off with this is, we're going to get through the NFL season one way or another. The NFL is going to keep the train rolling. I've said that since day one, and Trev didn't believe it. And I said, listen, it's going to happen. I don't care. And the Denver Bronco game is another reason why I'm saying it's going to continue. What I am going to say is, though, when playoff time comes around and we're not that far off, the NFL is going to have to really consider some type of procedure or bubble something. or something where because you can't afford – I mean, I guess you can move the game to Monday – but it'll throw off the regular playoff schedule. You know, you're, you're, if you know anything about football, you are set in schedule. You know it's 7 o'clock, wake up, 7.15, breakfast, 7. Everything is strategized and set I know, up. I, and that's it. They just got to take care of business, and they got to start figuring out some secondary plans because right now this is this is what we all expected it was going to be. The rise was going well, to happen. Well, here's the thing. If you're the Steelers, right, and you're, you get the bye, and the next week you're playing the Ravens in the playoffs, and Big Ben gets COVID. That changes the entire game. Right. I know. You, I'm, you, no, because I, I, I'm, I want to move I, on. I, I want to move on. We have – I want to move on. We're, we got to the yes, point. I we got to call – we got yeah, it. We got it. Just If these players just do the right this damn thing. This is why I don't want to talk about it. This is the right well, thing. Well, it's funny. No. He didn't want to talk about it. Now he can't stop. I know. This is what but he does. But this is what he does all the time. Because he knows he how like, important oh, it is. That's because why. Because he's always just like – But it's important. But I don't want to talk about the COVID. I'm talking about the effect on football and the game itself because – you know, we're talking about the Ravens game, okay? If you want to talk to the Ravens-Steelers, 
the importance of this game for the Ravens, especially after just losing two in a row, is even more extreme. And now that they're two oh. starting running backs and their starting quarterback has COVID and a bunch of other players that I don't know off the they're top of my head. Their star tight end. Their I best mean, offensive option is out for the and game. And now what? The Steelers, they're on a Steelers bye. And the coach. Ravens were supposed to play Thursday night against the Cowboys. The Steelers, and does that throws everything off. He really does want to keep talking. Do you want to just not talk about anything else? We'll talk COVID all day. Let's go right you to seem really excited about talking. I mean, <laughs> I know it's important, but I'm just like, it's. I, we get the point. Well, then let's go to my second biggest story. All right, thank the God. Thank God. The New York football Giants. Let's get into it because for the first time since God knows when, the New York Giants are 60 minutes away from being in first place in the NFC East. I guess we could call it the East now because the Giants are maybe on top. It could be it's on top. It's not the least. It's, it's the not East. the least because the Giants are on top. If anybody else would, it would well, Washington technically right now is in first place. But since the Giants have the head-to-head wins, they'll take over first place coming for this you. week, this tonight. So let's get into it. This is a game that not even just Giants, Daniel Jones, even the coaching staff. This is a game that you have to take care of business. You are the better team. You're coming off a bye. You're getting back everybody back. You're getting Graham Gano back. You're getting Oshania Seminis, um, Xavier McKinney, Tate Crowder. Everybody's coming back. They're going to be 100% now defensively. They're going to have everybody there. They have one of their best players, like I said, Graham Gano. This is a game you have to take care of business. And for the next six weeks, I was talking to my dad about this on Thanksgiving, actually, as we were throwing the football. We don't have to wait until next year or the April if, if Daniel Jones. We're going to know by week 17 if Daniel Jones – is going to be the franchise quarterback. Because you got to look at the schedule. I know that the, every team that they play have major flaws. But if you could beat Seattle, who's been one of the perennial contenders and powers in the NFC since Russell Wilson's come in, you go to Seattle on top of it too. Arizona, who looks like an up-and-coming uh, breath of fresh air, something new with Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins. Then you still play Baltimore. I know Baltimore's been struggling. But that's, oh, they've been an AFC power and perennial contender for the past God knows when, 20 years. And then you play the Browns, who have been playing very well this year, and then you finish up with Dallas. If we're going to know that Daniel Jones and the Giants are a legit team for the future, it's going to be within the next six weeks, especially Daniel Jones. It's not. We're not going to have to wait until April. We're not going to have to wait until next season. We're going to wait. We're not going to have to. There's no time for waiting because this is crunch time. This is where we've been waiting for. All right, Daniel Jones, you've been playing well. I need to see it more because guess what? You are playing against some good competition. It's not like you're playing any bums. I know they're all, they are all have all flaws, but all these teams that they're going to play, I bet about 80 90% of the teams that are going to be playing for the rest of the way are probably going to get into the playoffs. And I still count Dallas because, yes, Dallas yes is terrible, but still has a chance to win the NFC East. So every team that they have to play, minus the Cincinnati Bengals, are going to be in some sort of contention for the playoffs. So if we're going to know if the Giants are the real deal, Daniel Jones, Joe Judge, and this whole coaching staff, we're going to see, not by next year, we're going to see within the next six weeks if this team is legit. And it starts today. They have to take care of business, plain and simple. This is their game to win. This is a game that we can finally maybe see the Giants win, I don't know, by two touchdowns. This I'm not going to get comfortable. This is a game the Giants should win, yes. are expected to win. Will they win? That's the bigger question. These are the games that, Joe, we've talked about for years on doing the show. Is like, all right, are we going to get the Giants team that's just going to falter under the pressure? And then when I say pressure, is they're like, well, what's pressure? You're expected to win. 
this doesn't ha- it hasn't happened in a while for the Giants. Giants don't go into most games lately with the expectation of winning to be they actually be the better team. Usually the Giants are the ones being the push like the Cincinnati Bengals, the pushover. Well, not, like, no, oh, they're the not Giants, the, no, they're not that the pushovers, but when they walk on the field, usually the Giants are not the better team walking on the field. They are the better team. Now, maybe not talent-wise all the way around. The Bengals might have more talent individually. But the Giants are a better overall team, and we've known that. We've talked about the past two weeks. Now, I said it before on the stat, which hopefully someone remembers the stat. This will be the first time that the Giants can win today that they would get a three-game winning streak since 2016. Giants haven't done that. They're the only NFL team that has not won three games in a row since 2016. So this is all building on positivity. Oh, this the is Bengals all- won another stat. Bengals are 6-0 and all-time at home against the Giants. What the? It just says it right there. I remember – in uh, 1988, when the Giants oh, lost to the Bengals, I hope we don't have a repeat of that random 19. Yeah, I don't go care ahead, about no, that. Go ahead, go ahead. Seriously, this is a game the Giants should take care of business. All right, so I'll tell you guys something. Uh, Trevor and I had kind of a pissy uh, Instagram message uh, oh, exchange yeah, earlier we, in the week. That's how we started yesterday morning. I woke and up. he said he was like, "You love Daniel Jones," and, blah, blah, blah. and I was like, "Trevor." Here's what I said, and I'm going to say this again, and I'm glad that you had this conversation with your dad. Maybe maybe that'll bang at home. Thank you, Dad, <laughs> by the way, for helping me here. Drill! Drill! Here's what, I, here's what I've been saying all year. Look, this guy's got the tools. I think he's the right quarterback for Giants football. I think he's got all the qualities you want in a Giants quarterback. Not a Chiefs quarterback, not a Chargers quarterback, but what the Giants do and how the Giants play football, he he's perfect, I think. And we have but I've, here's what I've been saying. Here's how we'll know. If you can't beat Seattle or Arizona or Baltimore, if you can't beat any of those teams, then and, and again, my yeah. gripe with, with Justin Herbert, same thing. If you can't beat any good teams, then what are you? You're a serviceable NFL quarterback. You're not a franchise guy, and you're not a superstar. So you're exactly right, Trev. If in these next six games, if he can't get this team to the playoffs, then he's not the right guy for the job. Then you look at the quarterbacks in your draft position, assuming you missed the postseason, and you decide who's available and what to do. But it would be fair game. Now, and this is what I think is going to happen, I think he's going to beat one of those big boys. I think he's going to beat Seattle. I really do. I think the Giants' defense matches up well like the Rams did. I think they can stop Seattle to win that game. But if they lose to Dallas or if they lose today, then what's the point? Then you're not a good team, and he's not a good quarterback. Supposed to win. The only yeah. The only other thing I will if you lose any of those games, you don't deserve it, and you're not a good team, and he's not a good quarterback. The only other thing I I would still grant the guy though is you still don't have Saquon Barkley. Which, assuming, let's say Jones gets to the postseason, even wins a playoff game. Next season, he comes back, he's got Saquon. Hmm. you got to feel great about that guy in that case. He can do this this without Saquon. Imagine what he could do with him. Well, you think about the two years that we Jones never really got the chance. Jones to has yet. never really played with Saquon, not really a healthy Saquon. Let's be honest. Last year when he came back, he was never really full strength Saquon. That's great. <laughs> and um, and then even this year, I think Ovi loves him more. And, and then here's the thing: with Saquon in the beginning of the season and Daniel Jones, you had a whole new offense, so you never got to build any 
unity with this offense and with Saquon. You were still trying to put the puzzle pieces together. You know, you're starting to see the offense play a little better. Hopefully today we continue to build off of that. But like you said, Joe, I would like to see him with the unit, with the fi- finishing piece to the puzzle. It's like you're missing the major, the biggest piece to the puzzle, and Saquon is the biggest piece. Now, I think another good thing to know is Shane Lemieux is going to be starting at left guard today, which is positivity for He's Lemieux. been great since it's coming in. And um, Hernandez will be the fill-in guy, which doesn't speak high volumes for Hernandez going Ooh. forward. And he, listen, since his rookie season, he has struggled. Yeah. His rookie year, he he looked. Remember how excited we were when they drafted him? We were like, "What a steal!" Take on, we got Will Hernandez. They looked good in the rookie year, and then all of a sudden, everything's been downhill for uh, Will Hernandez. It's funny you said that about quarterbacks winning big games, because this is what my big thing was. And I know we're talking about the Giants, but I have to say this, bro: the Jets will win today. (laughs) Screw the Jets on the draft. (laughs) Watch, they love it, Eddie. So that two was not playing. So. Ryan Fitz. I told you to watch. Uh, here's here's I, what I was going to say. And I always talk about him because, yes, he does win, but he never wins against the good teams. And he just shattered his leg this year, unfortunately, and that's Dak Prescott. He's another quarterback in that conversation of, yeah, he wins games. He's won. That's fine. But he doesn't win against great teams. That's what always my big thing was on Dak Prescott. Now, Justin Herbert's another guy. These guys, yes, they looked apart, but you got to win in this league against good teams. If you want to be recognized as one of the best in the game, why do you think Patrick Mahomes? I know he's amazing, but he wins big games. Aaron Rodgers over the past year. Russell Wilson. Kyler Murray this year. He's getting the respect because he's won big games against good teams. You have to win against good teams in this league. Kirk Cousins puts up great Kirk numbers. Kirk Cousins, every year. another guy that has great stats but doesn't win big games. I need Daniel Jones, and I know this is not the perfect game for it because of the fact that the Bengals are are beat up. They're led by Brandon Allen today, who is the – remember the Arkansas ex-quarterback? Yes. I know. He's a third-string quarterback. I was hoping to see Joe Burrow. I wanted to see a true test with the Giants because I want to see how good this defense really is. I know this defense is good, but when you get to play a guy like Burrow who throws the ball a lot, you get that secondary involved. And we've had one of the better secondaries in the league this year. And we're going to have by Bradbury, and we're getting the X-Man back. So – I know that this is – got to take care of business. That's the most important thing. But we have to see next week, and I'm not worried about next week yet because we got to take care of today. We're on to Cincinnati, as the great Bill Belichick said. We have to take care of Cincinnati. Then you can worry about that. You can worry about the Seattles. You can worry about the Clevelands, the Dallases, all the teams that all have legitimate shots of making the playoffs and maybe making some noise in the playoffs. So we have to see – I know we're not going to get – a true test today. I still, I, I do believe the Giants will actually win by double digits, which we don't get to say that a lot. We haven't been able to say that. This is a game the Giants have to take care of business, plain and simple. Can't lose this game. Can't. I mean, if they do, then oh, just, yeah. just I don't care how bad the NFC is. I don't want the Giants in the playoffs. They lose this game, they don't deserve it. The Giants. Sorry, this is literally for the taking. If, listen, hold on. Listen, if Daniel Jones doesn't win this game and the Cowboys game, at least. Those yeah. two games, then he doesn't deserve to be the starting quarterback anymore. He doesn't, and there's, and I don't want to hear about the Giants no more. These are games. I'll tell you one other thing, uh, real quick. The Dallas happy. Cowboys, the Dallas Cowboys problem isn't Dak Prescott, who's a very good quarterback, and it wasn't Tony Romo. The problem is not the guy in the sideline. It's not even anybody on the field who should, well, at least who should be. Not anybody who should be on the field until Jerry Jones butts out because 
Who's the owner of the Chiefs? Uh, Hunt. Exactly. Hunt family. There I don't you know go. Person, you yeah. didn't right. You didn't just spit the name out. The Hunt family. Exactly. You don't even know the guy's first name. It doesn't matter. You don't know his name because he's a good owner. Yeah, you don't even know like three. You know the guy. Um, you know Al from what you call from uh, Las Vegas. You know Jerry Jones. You know, you know the idiots. You know the Arthur idiots, Falcons, idiots, and, you know and the loudmouths. It's the, the ones you know. Yeah, that's who you know. The ones, the yeah. ones that, the ones that you don't know are the ones that have good organizations that are doing a good job. Look yeah, at well, the look at the Packers. Yeah, that's well, a team that really doesn't even have an well, owner, so to speak. And look how great that. When's the last time the Packers weren't good? Early eighties. I mean, I mean, even the Titans, though. The Titans have been competitive for a while now. I mean, look at the Colts. The Colts are another Colts. one. Chris Ballard. I mean, they're led by good ownership. That's where it comes. And that's why I feel like the Giants have been kind of at the bottom because the Mara family has been – they're cheap. They don't like to spend. And you'd be surprised for such a – Again, though, you notice how the Maras, the Maras have become – The best the, is the Steelers. The best is the Steelers. Rooney's. Uh, Rooney's. I, I've been the – now, they're well-known because – listen – you put the Maros and the Roonies, they go like on the wall fame of owners of all time. It's just the way it is because they're legendary. They've been there since day one of, you know, of mm-hmm. football. You know, you when you talk about the Hunt family for Kansas City, um, Joe, and then you help me out, the, the Bears family, I can't think of it, uh, Hallis, the Hallis family. Yeah, Hallis family. You know, yeah. you talk about these historic families. Now, the Bears, their biggest problem is their quarterback. They haven't found a quarterback pretty much ever. I can't tell right. you the last time McMahon said McMahon was good. Everybody wants good. to say Jim McMahon, but he wasn't that he wasn't great, too. And really, you had 84 and 85 were his only really good years that he had in Chicago. I mean, again, in our in our minds, we're like, oh, those Bears are McMahon of the bandana. But no, no, you're right. They've never had a good quarterback. It's shocking. The cow- I'll tell you this about the Steelers and, and, and the Roonies. They've done a good job of sustaining success. And they've had really right. They've had periods of greatness, but they really haven't. Like sixty years, Joe. They haven't really had any periods of being bad. They've had off years where they're not good, but they haven't. There's never been a stretch where you're like, remember when the Steelers sucked for this long? Never happened. Yeah, that's the way you run an organization where you're always competitive, always making the right moves. The Giants, uh, if if you want to speak of the Mara family. It's either they've been very good or, or very they've bad. been god-awful, and it happens in stretches. I feel like right now we're going, we're we're trying to get out of the dark days. We're still – it's weird because this team has a good direction right now. I feel like for the first time in years, we have a great, great direction. But can I answer- start, hold on, and it starts, with, it starts with the head coach. It starts with the identity. I feel like the Giants have lacked that for years. And they're starting to get out of that dark days. Whereas even like the Dolphins, like I said, and even the Raiders, like all three of those franchises have been bad can for, I, for can a I, long time. But now. if I may interrupt. But now they're starting to get out of the great, it I, seems like from the ashes. I think the biggest thing though is coaching. Yes. When the Giants were good, they had Parcells, yep. they had Crawford. And I look at Joe Judge, and listen, he's still got to win at a high level. But I look him in that same realm. They're, they're following the same suit so far. And, and the listen, team is I, listen, I, listen, I know it's the only one is, year. The players are buying. Somebody's going to say, talk to me in five years. Has he gone to the playoffs? Has he won playoff games? Has he made them competitive every year? Yes, you're absolutely right. When you look at, like the Rooney's Joe, we were talking about, they've had three coaches in the last 50 years. Yeah. And they've all been successful. The Giants have had three you, coaches you, in four you, seasons. You look at teams that are successful, like the Chiefs. 
Look at what Andy Reid brings to the Chiefs organization. How about it's, the Eagles? Listen, so look what he did listen, to the I'm, Eagles. I'm going to put it this way. What John Grunin has done for the Raiders since he's been there, they have been awful since he left. Oh, yeah. Okay? They lost the Super Bowl. He left. They've been the worst team in football since he left. Then, look, he's come back, and him and Mike Mayak have built something. Look at the coaching. I really believe it. Look at the coaching. Look at, be truthful with yourself and look at your team's coaching. Why do you think the Patriots have been great for 20 years? Don't tell me they have all these superstars. They had Tom Brady, yes, a outstanding, maybe the greatest football player of all time. But the coach, man, you keep that unit, you keep the same procedure in day in and day out. You're not changing coaches. Giants have what, three coaches in the last four years? Four just years. Said. Four years. Steelers had three coaches in the last 50. It's crazy. Just think about that in itself. Unity. But now we finally have that sense of direction now where we've been, like I said, we've been lacking it for quite some time since since Coughlin. And I want, I'm want i not even going to say at the end of Coughlin because even when Coughlin was there at the end, they were still competitive. It, it, they were competitive, but it just felt like that team still lacked that identity. I feel the Giants are getting back to that. I feel the Dolphins are getting back to that. And I feel the Raiders, three teams that have been really bad in hell. Look at the Cleveland Browns right now. They're 7-3. and three. Now, Cleveland's been bad historically for a long time, but looks like they might have found something with Kevin Stavansky. Maybe they got to figure out that quarterback situation, but they got something going in Cleveland as well. It all starts with a head coach. It all starts with an identity. The Giants have it. They're starting to move in the right direction. They should take care of business today, plain and simple, and get ready hey, to play Seattle. Why haven't the Chargers been – with all the talent, if you've been a realistic Charger fan, you've looked at them They've since, had a lot since of the Phil River years and Drew Brees, right? They've had stout talent. They've had more talented teams than those giant teams that won Super Bowls. They couldn't beat the Patriots. They had Gates and Damon Thomas and Rivers and Vincent Jackson. And, I mean, just – and then the defensive well, player, Junior Seau, and, and they can't, they couldn't win. And then you go, well, who are their coaches? Who's been their coaches? Did their coaches capitalize? Did they Were they able to understand the moment and capitalize? Tom Coughlin took Bill Belichick and played chess with him, didn't play checkers. He was able to combat every move that Belichick had. The Chargers couldn't. I look at the Chargers right now, and I'm not trying to get off the, the subject of the Giants, but this is all building off of the Giants. You look at the Chargers. They got great players. They got a great young quarterback. But is Anthony Wynn the guy for their future? I think the Joe Judge experiment is working. And, Joe, you are 100% right. If you if Joe Judge can't beat the Bengals, because this comes on Joe Judge, preparing his team. You had an extra week of bye week in yeah, preparation. Bye. Okay. Bye week. So if you can't beat this Bengals team coming off a of bye after they just lost their starting quarterback, you don't deserve anything. You don't deserve anything. You don't deserve wins. You don't deserve the playoffs. You deserve nothing. Because as a Giant fan – this is a must win, and it has to be a dominant win. I told Trev, I don't want to see 24-21. No. I want to see 24-10 works for me. I can deal with that. That's impressive for me. Dominate on the line of scrimmage, run the football, don't turn the ball over, and just play good giant football. And move on to next week and get ready for Seattle. I want 30 points. I have no problem be, with that, but nice. I'm just I saying think- I think that's more than reasonable against a team that shouldn't be able to move the ball well or hold the ball a lot against your defense. defense. So there's no – right, there's no reason why the Giants shouldn't be able to score 30 points like everybody else in the NFL does almost every other week. The Giants are the only team that consistently struggles. Like I said, in all the wins, it's like they get to 21 and then they're like, all right, we'll coast. 
Hold don't on. coast at 21. It's the it's this isn't the 80s. You can't. Yeah, you're not going to win 21-17 every week. Like they said in the movie, Remember Titans. Herman, leave no doubt. Because Just run it up there, is, baby. Joe, you're 100%. This is not the 80s. This is a league that there's no – no lead is ever safe in the NFL now. And we've seen it many and many Score and score and score and score more and dominate. That's what they have to do. Well, and, you know, to, the, the 2002 playoff game in San Francisco where the Giants had that huge lead and, mm-hmm. and then sat back and coasted. And, and it's been – it's been sort of spotty ever since for the Giants. Where again, you got to stay. You got to stay up with the rest of the league. You could be a running team and score thirty-one hey, points like like Tennessee did. Look at Jason's positive. Joe, did we you need Jace? more positivity like this? Did you hear what I just said? Yeah, about Tennessee running and scoring thirty-one points, and they lose. I don't. Well, like, just in case you forgot what I was referring to, was that bet you lost? Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Didn't know how to wanted to work that in, but not be so obvious about it. Joe, when is the Sleepy Joe shirt coming mm. over here? <laughs> you got a picture of them on it too. I love it's it, Joe. Even like it, the Biden, it's not even like just the Biden Harris shirt. It's, it's a picture of it's him. their faces are on it. Yeah. Joe, we'll have to meet. Joe, we'll have to do a swap off maybe this week or something. I'll bring your hoodie and you swap the shirt. I want a sub before I have to wear the shirt. That's fine. I want both, I want both my. You subs. should eat the sub while you're with the shirt. On. Oh, so I yeah. can make a mess. It's perfect. Then I got to throw yeah. it out. No, you just, that's fine. I don't you care do what that. you do with it after I take the picture and after you wear it on the show. What, what happens, wall. what you do to that shirt afterwards, honestly, is your business. Oh, firewood. Listen, what one last thought on, on the ownership, right? You know Robert Kraft. Why? Because uh, he was smart enough to hire Bill Belichick and to get yeah. the hell out of the way. And he defers to Bill on everything. Yeah, including, yeah. I think Bill is the GM too, right? I don't even know if they have right. a GM. Well, sure. Yeah, I mean, he's he's all but wrestled away all the power there. Now, uh, Jerry Jones had success when he let Jerry Jones run the organization. Then he was like, I can do it. I'll get Barry Switzer or, or yeah, Ch- right. anybody. That doesn't work. Nope. You need an actual coach. The, the Giants were successful when Parcells had the helm, when yep. Coughlin had the helm. You had yep. an established coach who had a system, who had the buying of players, and the last few years, again, this this idea of like, oh, like a maybe a Bob McAdoo or, uh, I mean, Bobby come Bobby. on. Well, here, here's Look at Jacksonville. One. Look at Jacksonville. They they got rid of they got rid of Coughlin. I know Coughlin can be tough, but the cons are probably the worst owners in the league. Like two years ago, they oh, had like yeah. the best defense in football, and literally yeah. everybody was like, I don't want to be here. That's bad. That's bad ownership. Yeah. Yeah, you know the bad. owner of the Jets because they're an embarrassment. You know the owner of the Raiders because they're an embarrassment. The teams whose owners you know, you either know because they're successful, because they were smart enough to hire a coach and say, go get them. Now, here's the thing about Joe Judge. Hey, Carol, he could he, show he up be Carol. one of those guys? Yeah. He could be. But I think he's trying to earn that and respect. Why, and that's why teams like the Detroit Lions, who are now going to have to go find another GM and a head coach after firing, once again, another – it's just terrible. That's it's a just, disaster. That, that Detroit is, Detroit's a, a laughingstock. They're terrible. They're just, How could just anybody terrible. meet Matt Patricia face-to-face and think, remember we all, this remember is the guy I want to be the face of my organization? Remember Giants wears the hat Anybody back. could ever think that, they're a fool. Yeah, if you had a little thicker beard, you could be the Matt Patricia. Would you want me to be the face of your NFL team? Guess what? I guarantee if I was coming, if you were coming into an uh, interview, you would be different 
shaped up right now. And that's yeah. hey, guess what? Just remember, I would. <laughs> Giants were going to consider t- hiring him. So you wanted him. I was thinking about it. When you wear a backwards, when you wear a backwards him. cap as a football, and you look like a bum on the sidelines, you show. Let's close out with this. You show a bad. Joe Pre- presentation. Oh, Joe's, Joe's leaving us now. He's he's sad that we made the Patricia. Oh my! Oh, yeah, oh my sad. God! Yeah, you yeah. are Matt Patricia yeah, for Matt Halloween. Patricia. You got to grow your beard out, bro. Just grow it out, Joe. That is honestly Matt Patricia. I'll grow my it's beard. Matt Patricia. You could be Matt Patricia. I'll be Ezekiel Elliott. We'll That's hilarious. Detroit. It's unfortunate because I like Detroit. I've always had a little thing for Detroit. And maybe that's because of Detroit. And maybe that's because I've always been a huge. I was a Barry Sanders fan. Yeah. And yeah, when you think of Detroit, you think of Barry Sanders. And for me, it's because I don't think anybody else. And here's the reason why. And I'll make it really simple so Trev can move on. Was respecting when he scored, he acted like he always was there, and he always handed the ball to ref. You know, I didn't like Emmett Smith because that time against '95 when he scored against the Giants on Monday Night Football, and so he wanted to take his helmet off. And so he could show his face off. Remember, it became the Emmett Smith rule. Don't take your helmet off. That's why they have that rule. And another thing why I don't like Detroit, disrespect. They screwed, Detroit. Up. They screwed Calvin Johnson. Screwed Barry, Calvin. Screwed Barry Sanders. Terrible. They screwed terrible. Anybody terrible that goes to play there, and it's a shame. Because, terrible. you know, my other thing is, look, if, if you're going ma- to make them play on Thanksgiving every year, have the courtesy to make them be good. Have a have a better product on the field, please. Seriously, I love the, the tradition of it, but my God, how awful do they have to be year after year after year? You know, it's like, hey, that third Thursday in uh in November, you know, when we have turkey and the lions get beat, it, it's it's Joe, like pathetic. Joe and I told Trev, I just wanted to ask this question, and I said, may I put it in? He goes, go ahead. I said. We were just blabbing about the Giants, and then what do we? What were we talking about, Joe? We were talking about ownership and coaching, right? Yeah. Tell me the last good Detroit Lions coach. Tell me the last time you had a respectable coach. I can't because if we're gonna I talk, if we're, if we're gonna talk about anything, it's it's not like they don't have talent up there. Matthew Stafford is a really good quarterback, and if anyone says he's not, sorry, it's not his fault he can't win games. Go get me a good coach. Go, but who? Here's the thing: if you're the Detroit, if you're a coach, right, Joe? You're on the open market. You're a free agent coach. And there's job opens. Are you really going to go for the Detroit Lions job? No, you're probably going to get the third best coach on the on the market. You're not going to go get Garrett Cole. You're not going to get Garrett Cole. You're going to go get someone else. And that, and that's what I'm saying. You're not going to get the ace. It, it starts at the top. I they don't have the right GM and they don't have the coach. I can't help but say if that's Joe Patricia or is that Joe Aguirre right there because <laughs> – it's literally looking like we're talking. Well, if he was wearing that in his bets, it'd really be Joe Patricia. <laughs> you know, the- listen, since since Wayne Fonts, they got a Steve Mariucci, who I think by that time everybody had exposed as like more a system of the a product of the system that has a good coach. So literally, I think since Wayne Fonts, when he was there with Barry, uh, that's the last time they had a good coach. And I mean, if you look at the history of the Detroit Lions, I mean they Buddy Parker, maybe George Wilson. I'm talking like between 65 and 72. Yeah, I, wasn't, I wasn't alive for any of it. So. I mean, yeah, literally, other than Wayne Fonts, there. I mean, Dick Duran, Rod Who Marinelli, Jim Swartz, Sunday. Jim Caldwell. I mean, Sunday we'd be talking this much about the Detroit Lions. That's that's a new one. I mean, but that's a new one. It's a but big, no, it's it's just it's a, a bigger picture. When but you they're look, making the right kind of headlines this no, week. A, no, but it's about like it's a, because of. And I'm talking about ownership. We're and if we're, and listen, coach, if, if we're gonna move on to the next game, and, yeah, I'm, and wanna, I'm not gonna take it away, but you are gonna, you are gonna take it I said I know. I said, I'm not taking it away, but I'm gonna take it away. But to lead into your point, and then I'll let you take over is 
you look at the two teams right now that we're going to talk about, it could be a Super Bowl matchup. Look at the coaches. Look what Tampa Bay did and look what Kansas City did. And they're trying to change their franchise around because of what? The right coach. Don't, don't act like an idiot. No, just no, go I'm on back. and go off I'm, I'm back. I'm here. I just want people to know. I'm back. So, like I said, yes, the Chiefs have been, and as Ted said, the Chiefs, who have been one of the most respected and well-run organizations, even before Patrick Mahomes was a Kansas City Chief. Now the Buccaneers. The, the You could even put the Buccaneers in that category, like with the Lions, because – They've had bad. They've had bad ownership at times. They were the worst team. But for the when they 70s. were good, who was their coaches? Tony Dungy and Gruden. And, and then they had. They got rid that. of them, and they had bad coaches. And that's what I'm talking about. They've been Getting the right a, coach. They haven't been to the playoffs in, in, since Gruden. I think the last time they went to the playoffs was the time the Giants beat them in the first round. It's been that long. They have the longest. Streak. Now all of a sudden, you have a head coach that is a very good head coach in Bruce Arians. You have Tom Brady. The greatest quarterback of all time. You have all these nice weapons. But can, is Bruce Arians maybe the right guy for Brady? Because you've been hearing a lot of – they go back and forth. Is he the right guy for Brady? That's still to, uh, to be determined. I don't know about what Arians because he is a hothead. He's he's an ego guy. And you got Brady being Brady. Now you have Mahomes coming in and everybody's – with the stupid debates like we talked about. I sent you that picture and it's like – it, to me, all these debates like Brady or Mahomes, this is like the Jordan and LeBron. You can't have debates. I know it's fun to have debates because it gets something to talk about, but you can't have debates when you're trying to compare two of the all-time greats in completely different eras. Like with Jordan and LeBron, you can't talk about it. With Brady and Mahomes, Brady is a pocket passer. He is the ultimate definition of a dominant pocket passer that picks you apart by not moving inside the pocket stays there and delivers a strike Mahomes Mahomes is just a guy that plays seven on seven can literally move around the field and throw it up to one of his playmakers and makes amazing plays this is what Patrick Mahomes is this is the NFL though for you this isn't 2000 this is the greatest quarterback of all time versus the most talented quarterback the NFL has ever seen is he the most talented? yes because we were saying, oh my this god! Is- for a minute, I thought when you said the greatest quarterback of all time, I thought you were talking about Mahomes. <laughs> well, because people well, say this about Rodgers. When you go to like nine Super Bowls, when you win six of them, when you go win your division like sixteen years in a row, when you're in the AFC Championship game twelve out of sixteen years, no one's ever going to come close to that. I really do believe that, unless Mahomes somehow is able to continue to build that legacy with Andy Reid for the next 15 years, and that's going to be tough because we'll see how Andy Reid's legacy goes because he is an older coach. But I was, I truly believe that. Just look at Mahomes, man. I'm not knocking. I've seen all the other quarterbacks. I've seen Dan Marino. I've seen Joe Montana. Mahomes is the most talented. That doesn't mean you're the best, okay? Because I think when you look at basketball, and you, I'll, I'll use your – I think LeBron is the most talented basketball player ever to play basketball. That doesn't mean he's the best. He's strong. He's physical. He's the best leader. He can shoot. He can pass. He can rebound. He could average a triple-double if he wanted to. He could lead the league in rebounds if he wanted to. He could lead the league in scoring. He could lead the league in assists like I believe he did this year. The man is the most talented, and he wins. Everywhere he goes, he wins. Because look at what happens when he does leave. The Miami Heat, collapse. The um, Cavs, twice, collapse, all right? Before the Lakers, they were awful. LeBron comes in, all of a sudden they're a playoff team. Well, it helped, it helped, it helped to get Anthony. So Davis, what I'm saying so. about this is Mahomes is the most Anthony talented. Davis. I watched him last week. The Raiders should have won that game. They were the better team. 
But Mahomes is so talented and able to make so many plays when you least expect it. You're like, is he going to get the first down? All of a sudden he scrambles, he gets nine yards, and he reaches the ball over. You know what I mean? Or he throws a pass where he's running and he throws it across his body and he and he just he's able to do things that you and everyone else on the planet can't do. He is that good. So you tried. So when I look, tried to emulate it, like like with Steph Curry, you could almost use this as the Steph Curry with no, the Mahomes. No, Steph Curry changed the game forever of basketball. No matter what people want to say, no matter how many people don't like him, Steph Curry, when you go in the gym, what's the first thing you do sometimes when you go to the gym? Bang, you ain't you ain't pretending you're not going to hit a layup. You're not hitting a jump shot. You're hitting it you're trying to go from about five yard five feet behind the uh line and hit a half court shot and say, Steph Curry, this is what they do now. This is what people do with Patrick Mahomes. You I'm old school fundamentals. I'm going in for a layup, but but because I want to be hip, now I go in with a left-handed layup. No, you're Tim Duncan. You use the backboard. That's what I'm trying. No, oh, yeah. what it's with Mahomes. I now call the bank. <laughs> bang. bang. But now even with Mahomes, is my th- is now everybody's trying to emulate his game. With pl- pl- younger kids, high school, uh, college, who wants to be the next – who wants to be the next Patrick Mahomes? Should we show be, Joe that stuff? I know. Who wants to be the next Steph Curry? That's what it comes down to. He's changing the game. We look at how we feel and look at quarterbacks now forever. Just how we look at point guards. Hey, and, can I interrupt? Three point game. Can I interrupt one second? I have to interrupt. So, Joe, I know I don't have the camera on. It's on us. So they were just showing Mahomes league stuff. He was first, 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 first touchdown interception ratio, uh, passing quarterback ratio against the blitz, all these numbers. He was first, 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 all the top numbers, right? So then what do they come off of uh, Mahomes, right? They go right to Magic Johnson. They went to a basketball thing, and they're showing Magic Johnson, making everyone better, passing the ball behind his head. Remember, in showtime, right? And then they're now they're showing Mahomes, throwing the ball with no look, throwing the ball like this. Flick, remember last year with the left hand? Flick it to here. And, and they're showing Magic in showtime, and they're comparing. And we must not know what we're talking about when we talk about this stuff, you know. But – I, you know, I use the LeBron thing. Magic maybe is a great thing, but the same thing, the same relative story of seeing what Magic Johnson did for Showtime and Mahomes being that Showtime guy on the football field, able to do everything and be able to do it great too, which is incredible. And Can I, I ask you this question? Is no. April 27 of 2017 one of the biggest days in the NFL? Because that was the day that Patrick Mahomes became a Kansas City Chief. Did it change the future of the NFL? With the Chiefs, I mean, we never thought Mahomes would do what he did, what he's doing right now currently. But is it one of the trades or one of the moves that we will forever be like? That's a move that sent us to a new era of football. I'll put it this no, way: it's, it's, it's not. Ted, tell me if I'm wrong here. I think what what this was a, a perfect example of was Andy Reid saw a guy who he thought fit what he wanted to do. He loved the dude's tools. I mean. Not for nothing. If 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 Alex Smith was was younger and more athletic, you would have wanted to make him like Mahomes. And I think, I think Andy Reid saw that in this kid and thought, I, I can do a, I could do something. You know, again, Jace Garcia. You guys say what you want. He said he knew this kid was going to be a superstar. Said right from the jump, him at ten was like the steal of the draft. I, I think, that, again, this is – you when you say I identify my quarterback, I'm going to go out and get him like Gettleman did with Jones, you have to be right. But can I can I interrupt? I think we got to be fair about this too. It's all about putting plus and minus together. When I say that, it's coaching thing. Think about all the great quarterbacks we've had. Terry Bradshaw, Chuck Knoll, 
Dan Marino, Don Shule, Joe Montana, Bill Walsh. You know what I mean? You know, Troy Aikman with Jimmy Johnson, Brett Favre with Holmgren and Andy Reid. You know, you you start Aaron Rod, you know, you start putting these quarterbacks like these great quarterbacks, no offense, we talked about the Lions. Who's the Lions coach and where's their quarterback? You know what I mean? Put great quarter they go hand in hand. If Mahomes goes to the Bears, he's probably not Mahomes. But Mahomes going to Andy Reid being the best fit. Jordan and Phil Jackson, Kobe and Phil, sorry. You know, the Celtics with great coaches, great players. They go hand in hand. Well, you also remember okay. who, who the yeah, offensive coordinator was. Oh, you remember who the oh, offensive coordinator was. Hold on. So, and before this, you were upstairs. You was in the restroom. But Bruce Arians that year. you got to tell was, everybody what I did. Was, yes. Was sound the, like everybody on Facebook. Doesn't matter. Well, Trev did this at 12 o'clock. And then, no, 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 no. I, thank you. I don't care what you I did. Tell him if Nobody years, cares what the hell I did. Go on with your point. Number two and number one. Go on with your point. The point is oh Bruce, Arians, Bruce Arians was the coach for the Arizona Cardinals that year. Yeah, listen okay? to this. He was, they had the 13th pick. The Cardinals had offered multiple picks to move up to go get Mahomes. He wanted Mahomes. They, Aaron's wanted Mahomes because he said it was the best workout he had seen during the, you know, before the season, other than Andrew Luck. They wanted Mahomes. Bruce Aaron's gets fired. The Cardinals do not get Mahomes. Andy Reid comes up and gets a better offer. He goes gets Mahomes. Now go figures. Andy Bruce Aaron's three years later is now the coach for Tampa Bay facing Mahomes. But it just when I say that, I mean. Coach and player, Tom Coffin and Eli were a good fit. That's what I'm saying. You Having to, the right coach a, with the right quarterback need makes all. I don't think Brady and Belichick are the same without each other. You definitely need to have a, you definitely need to have a head co- a, a good coach. You can't just say it doesn't matter who it is. Name me a great it's quarterback like, with a, with just, a bad you, coach. Mahomes is amazing. Don't get me wrong, but. You have to have the Eric Bieniemy has to get a lot of credit. Andy Reid. Andy Reid. Why do you think Eric Bieniemy is the hottest coaching target coming probably into this offseason? Because he should have been a head coach last year, maybe two years ago. The guy is an offensive genius. He's learn. He's learning from one of the best minds, offensive minds in the history of the NFL. I know Patrick Mahomes is amazing, and I know he's a game changer. But to sit there and say he doesn't need a coach. Is almost blasphemy. If Mahomes went it's to Detroit, if, 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 thank if you, Mahomes yes, went to the yes, Detroit yes. Lions, if he and, went to the Jets, how about that? If he went to the Jets right now, would he be that great? I doubt it, dude. He's if he was on the Bears team. or the Lions, it, you wouldn't you wouldn't care about Pat Mahomes. He he wouldn't be someone we'd even talk about at all on this show. And that's why getting the right coach yes. and then fitting the right quarterback to the scheme yes. Yes. is everything. It really is because look at the bad teams. They don't have a quarterback and they don't have the right coach. Are we seeing a Super Bowl 55 so, preview now? Joe, we know we've talked about this. Trev's been on the Bucks all years. Do you look at this as a possible Super Bowl matchup going forward? Even though the Steelers are still undefeated and the Absolutely. Bucks have lost Absolutely. games the last couple of weeks. How can you not have the Chiefs? I mean, the Chiefs have the well, Chiefs well, let me answer. Sure. Uh, I mean, the Giants Steelers might have been a Super Bowl preview uh, game as well earlier. This I'm just playing. Um, yeah, this certainly. I mean, look, if if you were a betting man and you gave me a lot of money and you were like, you got one shot, put it all on black. This is the. This is probably the one I'm gonna go with. This uh, is I idea. I would say Bucks Chiefs. I mean, look at the resumes of the, of, of the guys leading. I, I I would I wouldn't have any problem with with this at all. Yeah, that that could very well be a Super Bowl preview. And I'll tell you, I think the Bucks at home is is an interesting matchup. For Mahomes, especially coming off uh, another uh, tough game with the Raiders, 
So maybe they're uh, maybe they're a little vulnerable, or maybe he makes a big statement today. Uh, I know. We'll we, I think we when I went on with John about the G man, we both picked the Bucks. Yeah, oh, we're sticking with. I'm you, on the right? Chiefs today. We're sticking with the Chiefs, but, but I'm sticking with the Bucks. So we st- you're sticking with the. You Bucks know, in the right in the I mean, in the grand scheme of things, there's not a lot of games that that are on the Chiefs schedule that they're going to lose. So I yeah. I play the game in my head of fifteen and one or fourteen and two. And I think statistically 14 and two makes well, sense. The Bucks would also, if they lose, drop to seven and five. But do they, they feel like does it feel like does I feel like a seven and five team to you? Because it well, doesn't no, to me. But if you look at the remaining four games, they're all winnable games. So they'll finish off what I thought they would finish off at eleven and five. There you go. Which yeah, that, it, when you look at the end of the schedule, like eleven and five, you're like, that's right. New coach, new team, okay, you know, new personnel, trying to figure everything out during a COVID year. They just lost their center, which could be out for his could be a career, career, career ending neck neck, neck issue. So you know, that's another major loss. You know, you don't look at things like that, but that's another major loss. Listen, either way, enjoy football. It should be a great day of football. You got the Colts, Titans. Colts win. The NFC South is wrapped up. I picked the Colts. I'm going against the Titans again. And people better recognize Deshaun Watson is still legit good. Find the right coach for him, and they will be good. That's what I said. The Jets, if I had the number one pick, yeah, I'm training for Deshaun Watson. I'll take Deshaun Watson over Trevor Lawrence. Damn right, because he's already a top-ten quarterback, and he's proven. And you know what you're going to get now. I know what I'm getting with Deshaun Watson. One last thought on the Giants. This will be the sixth backup quarterback they have faced this season. Feeling my stats, Joe? He, I, yeah, he wanted so. to say that. Stay, you fucking at 11 games, six See, back that's, what, that's why we have him here. He's, he's, he's like, no, he comes in. But that's, of course, game. that's assuming you count Ma- uh, Mitch Trubisky as yeah, the. Yeah, did you say Trubisky? Hey, Patricia, go back to the side. Yeah, have to, get, get, get out of here. Take that. <laughs> All right, boys. <laughs> Let's go. Let's <laughs> go. As we are, we are three minutes away from Big Blue kickoff, so we have to get going and get prepared for a much anticipated game with the New York Giants. Let's hope that Big Blue finishes strong tonight, and maybe we can be saying the New York Giants by the end of week 11 We're in first place. will be in first place Who in the NFC East. Boy, oh boy, it should be fun. Can't wait to see the the, the – the Saints versus their fifth against the Broncos fifth string quarterback. And I can't wait for Mahomes versus Brady. It should be a great, great day of NFL football. Everybody enjoy. Stay safe. I hope everybody enjoyed the holiday weekend as well. Clovercrest Media presents Keys to the City. We are out. Double up on facts, we stating. Podcasting, cruise control, city, state, the nation. So what you saying, what we saying, prime information. Facts, keys to the city, we're unlocking the statements.